Welcome to Living the Dream Outdoors, the official podcast of Living the Dream Outdoor Properties. We live by the motto, it's not just land, it's a lifestyle. And we live the outdoor lifestyle every day. Whether you're a landowner or dreaming of joining the ranks of those closest to the earth, we're your brothers and sisters of the outdoors. We hunt, we fish, we're stewards of the land. And our Living the Dream team will show you the way to enjoying the land and all the outdoor pursuits it has to offer. Here's your host, Bill Cooper. Welcome to Living the Dream Outdoor Podcast. I'm your host, Bill Cooper, and I'm in Real Foot Lake, Tennessee today. It's the first day of On the Hook Media Camp. And with me is Kyler Beckman. He's a Missouri boy. Kyler, man, uh, hey, we did a great podcast last night, but today we're out on the water. Yep. Great place to be. It's a great place to be. The best place to be is out on the water. <laughs> it is. And Real Foot Lake, of course, is just a gorgeous lake, and most of us think of it as a shallow water lake, and boy, it is. You know, I grew up right across the river in Mississippi County, Missouri, but never made it over to Real Foot uh, Lake. It's the only second time I've ever been here. And man, let me tell you, the crappie are munching deal. I mean, we've had a fantastic morning this morning here on Real Foot, catching a lot of a lot of numbers, and we've got some got some big ones caught this morning also. Hey, I tell you what, with this podcast, we're going to post a photograph of you with a couple of slabs that I think will make people's mouth water. Uh, I would think you're probably right. <laughs> I would say you're probably right. Well, Kyler, of course, you know how fishermen are. They're all about information, and yep. and you're full of it, man. And this is, I guess, uh, I think you said earlier, just your second time on Real Foot Lake. Yeah, this is my second time here. My first time was last year for the same media camp, and, uh, man, it's an awesome place to come and fish. I, I really enjoy it here. Uh, I, I watch, of course, on Facebook and all those social media apps and everything all the time. I check on Real Foot pretty, pretty often, and it's just incredible, though. The poundage of fish that come out of here. We were earlier talking about the commercial fishing, you know, years ago and catfish and just a tonnage every year that came out of here. But, uh, you know, I love crappie, but I grew up ca- catching huge bluegill in the swamps of southeast Missouri, and yep. th- there are some monster bluegill here, here in Real Foot as well, man. Yeah, yep. I think that's a big thing in the summertime. I think they do a lot of a lot of bluegill trips over here and catch a lot of really big ones from what I've seen. Oh, absolutely. But I know crappie is, is kind of your forte. You, of course, got on Truman Lake there in Missouri, which is a tremendous uh, crappie fishery as well. But, uh, you know, I would think traveling this far, you might be a little bit out of your element. But, man, you put some fish and some nice fish in the boat today. Yeah, uh, you know, really, this lake this time of the year it fishes pretty similar to Truman you know a lot of standing timber in it um, we have caught some some open water roamers today too but uh, you know when you get around this, the standing timber and it's a fish relating to it um, it doesn't really matter where you're at the country they, they like to be around it most of the time so yeah a crappie is a crappie is a crappie it doesn't really matter where you're at in the country a crappie's a crappie yeah. well of course uh, fishermen listening to the program uh, they always got in the back of their mind well how did you do that kind of describe to us how you went about finding crappie this morning on a you know it, uh, i mean you're not tremendously familiar with this lake but so how'd you go about finding them so the first thing i did is i just started idling out and i was watching my side imaging and my down imaging and um i got out on the brake lines 
out in about 11 foot and I just kind of started following that down and I actually started seeing them on, on my side imaging first. And uh, that's typically how I find a lot of my fish is um, sitting back here at the console. I spend a lot of time during tournaments. You know, most of my practice is done in the back of the boat, um, just finding fish and marking them. And then uh, once I find them, then I'll, I'll hop up there and that gives me a better idea using forward-facing sonar on actually the caliber of fish that I'm around. And, you know, I was telling you earlier, I, was, I, I like catching big ones. I mean, who doesn't? <laughs> and so, like, I've, I've been passing up several, you know, 9, 10-inch fish, and I've just been kind of focusing on the, the better ones because that's what I like to catch. Well, I, d- I just got a peek in your live well a couple minutes ago. You told me you'd caught some fish. You didn't tell me it's all real big crappie. <laughs> <laughs> We're talk- the big crappie you got in the right, uh, live well right now, how long is that fish, you think? Oh, I'd say it's probably... Probably 16 inches, somewhere right in there. I think you're being modest. <laughs> <laughs> it's a big one. <laughs> it, it sure, sure had some shoulders on it. I, yeah, I know that. One. So that's how you located the fish. Now, uh, of course, I'm one of the media people here, and we just uh, traded boats. Now, I was with an older gentleman, a guy th- this morning, and we didn't put a fish in the boat. And he was, I mean, not downplaying him by any, any means, but uh, he's finding fish. And we were working around. I even worked a little bit, you know. I'm watching the graph, and I'm trying to, because uh, I'm not a, I wouldn't consider myself even a good crappie fisherman. But uh, I dawdled around with them, and uh, I had one, one bite, I think. But yep. here you've got quite a few fish in the live well, and some good fish. Now we found fish. You found fish. We didn't catch fish, and you did. Mm-hmm. Uh, tell me how uh, you went about it. Presentation is everything. These crappie that they. Since forward-facing sonars come out, they've gotten more and more and more finicky every year. I mean, once you understand what a crappie looks like on there, like most people do, they're getting baits dropped around them all the time. So how you present that bait is the most important thing. Um, Probably one of the biggest things, a lot of guys like to do it, and they want to jig that bait and bounce it. Nine times out of ten, you don't want to do that fish sees that and it usually spooks them and they won't bite just looks unnatural to them looks unnatural have you ever seen a shad go into the water and go, <laughs> i haven't <laughs> um, and that's, that's something that i try to always do I, I try to mimic as lifelike as i can to whatever they're, they're foraging on um it's worked out pretty well for me well i would say i was watching you pretty closely here because your technique was quite a bit different from what we were doing we were lining up with the trolling motor and and all the sonar and stuff and and putting that bait right on the end of their nose almost you know we'd have some fish come look at it but just about 100 percent of them turned and went away so i know equipment's got to have something to do with this too yeah you're fishing a a long uh Rod, 12, 14 feet? Uh, those ones are 11s. Um, that's about that's the- it. You had a shorter rod than us. Maybe we yep. were o- overextending. Um, <laughs> I, I use a 11-foot rod is pretty much the longest rod that I use. Um, I use 7-footers a lot and 11-footers a lot. Um, a lot of guys think that I'm getting right on top of them, but most of the time I'm actually fishing for the fish a long ways from the boat. Um, well, I noticed you were swinging your jig out away from the boat and dropping it and letting it come back to where you thought the fish were. Yep. Now, were the fish, uh, uh, you getting any hits as that jig is swimming back yep. to I've, the location? I've caught some fish this morning swimming, swimming past them, and I've caught some um, just holding it 
right there, you know, probably within an inch of their face and just not moving it. Now there are, another thing I am doing a little bit too is I, I call it just shaking it. And what I'm doing is I'm shaking that bait, but as soon as that fish sees that, or actually probably more or less feels that with their lateral line, because that's what I'm trying to do. So I'm trying to get them to feel that bait. And as soon as I see that fish move to try to find it, I stop it. I just hold it dead still again. Nine times out of 10, she'll swim with her and eat it. Wow. It, I suppose minnows do that as well as they're working around these brush and treetops and stumps and that sort of thing. Uh, I, I, of course, we see <laughs> minnows running for their lives yeah. at times, you know, but they spend most of their lives feeding as as well, and I guess they're in stationary positions, yep. so a, a crappie's quite used. They live their life doing that very thing and trying to figure out what's food and what's not yep. food. So, boy, it's it's got to take some heavy discipline to be able, because I've fished that way all my life. I love to move a lure. I like to have a fish hitting a moving yep. lure, you know. Yep. Uh, but with that crappie dabbling, so so to speak, uh, hey, stationary's good. Yep, stationary's usually pretty good. Um, and you kind of just got to play around and see what they want. I mean, they're gonna they're gonna let you know. They're gonna you know, you'll be able to tell what it is that these particular fish in an area want. Um, some of them want swimming. Some of them want it whenever they see the bait. Some of them want you to pull it away from them. These fish here today do not. They they do not want you to pull that bait away from them. You start pulling that bait away from them, they'll follow it, and they won't bite it. But they'll follow it up, and then they'll finally turn around. Now, once you get that fish's attention, if you just hold it there, she'll eat it. Boy, maybe they're feeling like we are. You know, it's a nice, calm, sunny day. I feel kind of like a turtle on a log sitting here in a boat, you know. Yep. Maybe the fish are in the same kind of mood. Probably so. I mean, a lot of times, you know, when you get these these high skies, um, they, they do kind of typically, they want things a little slower and kind of just held there. You know, you get a cloudy day, man, you can cast out there at them 50, 60, 70 feet away from them and just wind it as fast as you can over the top of their heads and we'll swim up and chomp it. <laughs> I don't think we're going to do that today, of course. <laughs> it, it, it's nice when they do that, it is. though. It, it really is. Well, Color, I, I, I know that you've got lots of uh, sponsors that support you, and I can understand why you're a tremendous uh, crappie fisherman have done well on the tournaments and all that sort of thing. But uh, what about some of the uh, products that you are using out here today? Uh, as far as the rod goes, I'm using the Edgar rods. It's my own signature series rod that I designed, um, 11 footer. And then I got a slime line, eight pound ultra clear on, tied to a pro built jig head with a crappie monster. I forgot what color it is. It's, it's the kind of the white sides with the chartreuse back. It's one of my favorites. Um, and then of course, you know, my, my angler sport Phoenix boat with a Mercury 250 on the back. Can't go wrong with that. Um, I don't really know if you need it on this lake. I think I'd be okay in a little John boat on this lake. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think you would too. But hey, there's nothing wrong with comfort, man. Uh, this is a great uh, layout and boat. What, what about the electronics? The electronics, I'm using a uh, 126 SV Garmin um, with the LVS 32 transducer. I haven't made the switch to the 34. I haven't found the reason to yet. Well, it seems to be working well. Yep. Well, man, looking forward to spending some more time uh, with you here on uh, Real Foot uh, Lake. Man, what a beautiful day. And, uh, hey, I'm going to let you get back here to catch uh, some more crappie here in just a few minutes. But, folks, don't go away. We're going to take just a short break, and then we're going to be right back with more crappie fishing from Real Foot Lake. 
slow down and enjoy the simple things in life. Welcome to Huzal Valley Resort, providing family fun since 1979. They offer floating, and you can choose from canoes, rafts, kayaks, and inner tubes on a beautiful, crystal clear Huzal River. Lodging, let us be your home away from home. Choose from a variety of lodging units while still enjoying the great outdoors. With over two and a half miles of river camping on the crystal clear Huzal, we're sure you and your family will find the perfect spot to pitch your tent or park your RV. Have fun and let us help you get the most of your stay. Check out our guided trail rides and Karen's Cafe menu. There's something for everyone at Who's All. There's a campground store on site that has everything you need for your trip, whether you're in need of gear, grub, or something else. Chances are they've got it. And their campground has RV sites and primitive sites for all your camping needs. If you like the adventures of camping with a cozy bed at night, we have a variety of different lodging units to choose from. But who's all valley? There's always something going on out there. Check them out on Facebook, or if you want to make a reservation, simply call 1-800-367-4516. Captain Brian Wilson runs one of the tightest boat fishing operations in the business. Stainwater Boat Fishing operates out of Jerome, Missouri, and the beautiful Missouri Ozarks. They cover most Ozark streams and lakes. You haven't lived until you've searched Ozark waters during the night with Stainwater Bow Fishing while looking for giant gar, carp, and buffalo. Captain Wilson also runs a second boat on Tanicomo Lake. Call today to book a trip with Stainwater Bow Fishing at 573 263 8016. Again, that's 573 263 8016. Be sure and shoot straight. Welcome back to Living the Dream Outdoor Podcast. I'm Bill Cooper over at Real Foot Lake. And uh, with uh, Kyler here, boy, in the first segment, we talked about uh, hey, how he was catching crappie this morning. He's been doing quite a job of it. But, uh, Kyler, I'm a little bit envious. You know, you, you've had a, you're a young fellow and you've had a pretty swell career thus far. Uh, you've done some tournament fishing, you're guiding full time now, which I understand is uh, kind of the dream of your life. Yep. And, uh, boy, you're living your dream. I am. I am living my dream. It, it's, uh, you know, looking back, you know, you asked me six, seven years ago, I would have never believed somebody if they said I'd be in this position. But I get to wake up and do what I love every single day. Well, there's nothing wrong with that. But you know yourself that it takes a lot of hard work and dedication, preparation. And, uh, hey, boy, just get up and go, you know, because you, you said every day. That's a lot of time on the water. But how did it all start for you? So it all started, um, you know, I, I, I've been fishing since I was in diapers. My dad used to take me um, all, all the time you know we live just right there north of lake of the ozarks and i've been fishing lake of the ozarks my entire life uh fast forward when i was about 14 i got my first boat it was a 16 foot narrow bottom john boat with a 9.9 on it <laughs> 9.9 uh, that'd be a mercury <laughs> yeah, and I built me a, a casting deck on it and, and i fished by myself from pretty much then on until i was uh oh back in 2000 17 i started fishing a few crappie tournaments there in missouri did decent i think you know i had some top 20s and a couple top 10s and then uh 2018 my dad and i partnered up together and we were fishing fished the american crappie trail all the way through very first tournament and this was the one that really hooked us 
we were fishing out Neely Henry, and we ended up getting sixth in that one. That was our first out-of-state tournament. And from that day on, man, it's it's just been trying to get better and better and better every year. And then, uh, then in 2021, um, my dad passed away. Mm. And uh, at that point, we were leading angler of the year in 2021. And I had two more tournaments to fish. I had to fish them by myself to keep the points for me and him. And I, I don't think I've ever been more driven to, to fish well than that time frame because, you know, I just couldn't let that slip through my fingers after being him started that. And that was our goal going into that year is we, we were really wanting to try to take a shot at the points and uh, ended up fishing, fishing by myself and got 2021. We, we won, I won that. As angler of the year. As angler of the year. And then I, I backed it up last year fishing the full season by myself in one angler of the year. Boy, that's quite an accomplishment, particularly back-to-back. Because, mm-hmm. you know, once you get that kind of status, people are kind of after you a little bit. <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> everybody, everybody, of course, everybody wants to reach that yep. that peak. And who, who does that designation come from? What organization? That's American Crappie Trail. American Crappie Trail. Well, man, congratulations on that. That's quite a quite a feat. And uh, uh, so, what's your plans for 2023? 2023, it's looking like I will probably be fishing the Elite Series um, and potentially another trail that, that might be coming out. And uh, I'd like to try to go three years in a row on Angler of the Year. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. It's, it's going to be, it, you know, it's, it's going to be, there's, there's some really good competition that, that has came up here in the last year or two and everyone's getting better. So, I mean, but I like that. I, I, and I prefer, you know, I tell this to a lot of people, a lot of people think that, you know, like uh, you go to a place and it's just a slugfest. Everyone's catching a bunch of big fish. I don't like that. My favorite tournaments are the ones that are extremely hard. To, to catch them that's that's typically where i shine at is well that that good point and that's where the attention to detail comes into place at, at as you mentioned a few moments ago just uh, sometime the minutest detail can make all the difference in the world yep. well man you've you've done well with figuring all that stuff out but kyler looking back in in your the history of your developing yourself as a crappie fisherman there had to be some influential people along the way that helped you out who were some of those people uh by far my dad was was my biggest um man he was just an amazing outdoorsman fisherman uh i forget he won like 28 straight on lake of the ozarks whenever he was younger wow that's quite a run yeah he he was unbelievable uh so he, he was he was he was the main guy that that got me in it and, and got me hungry. Well, no doubt he had to be death on detail as well. Yep. Now, did he? My dad was a great fisherman too. Never fished a tournament in his lifetime, but when I was a kid in Mississippi County, he and one other old gentleman we called Brother Bennett. He ran a local little country store, you know. And, they kind of had a lot of time to fish. I think they had a gross advantage over most people, you know. But my dad, I used to hate to fish with him because we'd go fish sitting opposite end of a 10-foot boat, and he'd catch all the fish, you know. Yeah. My dad wasn't a great 
teacher as far as teaching me how to do things. What I learned from my dad, I learned by observation. <laughs> but yep. your, your dad sounded like he might have been a good teacher. He was. He was a really good teacher. Um, you know, we we fished Lake of the Ozarks the most, and so, you know, he taught me how to shoot docks, and that's still to this day one of Actually, it's probably my favorite way to catch a crappie is shooting docks. Um, and then, you know, a lot of these electronics came out, and he he wasn't very good at reading electronics, and that's where I really kind of, um, that's where I started gaining traction is, is I'm really good at reading side imaging, down imaging, and really good with forward-facing sonar. And, and just me and him together, just kind of, you know, going back and forth on ideas and places to, to look and hunt and it just worked out really well i'd say it did now how did you did you just have a technical mind or was it just time spent with the equipment i've spent i can countless so whenever i got my first sight imaging unit i would spend i don't even know how many hours just staring at that screen and uh, <laughs> i wouldn't even bring poles with me for the longest really time. Just, just really trying to get dialed in on, on what, I, what i was looking at and that's we started fishing offshore um, on Lake of the Ozarks before a lot of other guys did just with one rod um, just using side imaging technology and, and finding fish you know on isolated brush piles or little sticks or something like that and we could turn around and make that cast back to that and catch them. Well these fancy electronics as I call them have been on the scene for what about a decade? Yep about a decade. And you're what about 30 years old? Yep I am 32. Well, I guess pretty close. So you started getting into this, this stuff in your early 20s and probably jumped on it as soon as it came out. Yep. So you, you've you grown up with these electronics. Yep. You know, of course, I'm 73 years old, and I can remember in graduate school working on just a, a, a keyboard and a computer was 15 blocks away and filled a room about 20 by 30, one computer, you know. Yeah. And uh, when I was getting out of college and getting ready to go into the military, one of the first things they offered me was 18 months of computer school. I told them they were nuts. That stuff was never going to amount to anything. <laughs> now my grandkids have to help me with a computer. You know? yep. It's crazy how technology's changed over the years. Well, it's uh, I, I, I know you love the electronics. You're absolutely great at it. But what has the electronics done to tournaments? Um, I really think that it's kind of tightened everything up. Uh, especially these a lot of these younger guys coming up, you know. I mean, they're they're all really good at doing it too. So I, I really feel like it's uh, it's kind of made a more even playing field. Oh, I bet it has. Mm -hmm. But uh, do you do you see the quality of the fish or the numbers of fish increasing in tournaments that uh, are caught? No, not really. Um, it's you can have all the electronics you want, but uh, doesn't mean you're going to catch them. <laughs> Well, I, I saw that this, this morning, you know, and uh, we talked about that uh, in detail just a little bit in knowing how to present those baits. But uh, I think we covered that pretty good. But I was talking earlier about some of your sponsors, people that influenced your lives. But you also had to have some heroes, you know, that you look, looked up to for oh, the, the crappie fishing guys. Who are some of them that you looked up to as you are growing up and getting into the industry? Well, one of the main ones has always been Ronnie Caps and Steve Coleman. You know, they're, they're the they're the all-time money winner for crappie fishing, and that's, I've always kind of strived to try to beat 
them. <laughs> <laughs> have you done that yet? <laughs> not, not as far as money goes, but I have beat them. There you go. Well, the, the, that's a building block. Yep, you know. That's right. That is a place to start. Well, I want to give you the opportunity here uh, in this segment, too, to uh, give people your contact information so if they can get a hold of you. Maybe they want to book a trip over on Truman. Now, is Truman the only lake you got on? Truman is the main lake I got on. Uh, that's where, and the reason why is the quality fish is just a little bit better than Lake of the Ozarks. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's worth coming over to Truman. It's, it's oh, ab- absolutely. My younger days, I used to fish Truman quite a lot. Haven't been there uh, much in the last few years. I did spend a couple of days with Matthew Rogers two or three years ago. Boy, was that ever a learning experience, you know. <laughs> uh, Matthew's quite a fisherman himself. But tell people how they can get a hold of you. Yeah, you can uh, get a hold of me on Facebook or Instagram at Kyler Beckman Fishing. Um, send me a message on there. Or you can text or call me at 573-789-3263. And I will give you a call back as soon as I'm off the water because I'm pretty much on the water every day. Well, I tell you, uh, folks, I mean, I've just been with Kyler on the water here for an hour, uh, and it's been pretty impressive. And this is not his home lake. This is Real Foot Lake in, in Tennessee. And as he told me earlier in the program, you know, a crappie is a crappie is a crappie. They're going to act the same regardless of where they are. So uh, you got to kind of figure out the habitat, look for these fish, hunt for these fish, use your electronics. And I think he made the point. Presentation. That's key. Is key. Presentation is key. Well, uh, you've demonstrated it clearly this morning. I think I really get the picture. (laughs) But, you know, there's nothing like being in a boat with a good guide and a good fisherman. And I encourage you folks to, hey, book a trip with with Kyler because he knows what he's doing. He's been an angler of the year two years in a row and going to try to uh, repeat that feat in 23. Wish him luck with that. But I can also tell you, Kyler is going to contribute to Living the Dream Outdoor podcast. Going to He's going to keep me filled in about Truman Lake. So listen for the reports uh, throughout the season. They may just be, you know, two or three minute reports. But boy, you take a, a good angler and a good guide he can say a lot in three minutes yep. <laughs> if you're paying attention. <laughs> yeah. yep, that's right. All right, folks, we're going to take another short break here, but don't run off because we got some more information. If you're a crappie fisherman, you're going to be interested in. I'll be right back. Bass fishing in the Lake of the Ozarks. Look no further than Big Ed's guide service right there on Lake of the Ozarks. Big Ed Franco has been fishing on Lake of the Ozarks most of his life and has been guiding for almost two decades. I've fished with Big Ed and had a great time. He's a lot of fun and certainly knows where the bass live. You can call Big Ed to make a reservation at 573-692-6710 or go to BigEdsGuideService.com. And on the flip side of his business card is Bass and Baskets. That's a bed and breakfast that he and his wife, Deb, also run right on the banks of Lake of the Ozarks. You have a beautiful place to stay, great meals, beautiful outdoor decor, and you can walk right out the front door, get on Ed's bass boat, and head out to fish. You can call for the bed and breakfast at 573-692-6737 or look them up at BassandBaskets.com. Living the Dream Outdoor Properties, where it's not just land, it's a lifestyle. Daryl Hyman and crew out of Cuba, Missouri. 
dedicated to finding you the outdoor property that you've dreamed about all your life, or if you've got one you need to sell, they'll be happy to take care of that and hook you up with a great outdoor customer as well. These guys are famous for getting, listing, and selling some of the finest properties in the Midwest. So be sure and get a hold of Living the Dream Outdoor Properties, and you could find them at this, I love this, catchy phone number, one 800 by dirt living the dream outdoor properties welcome back to living the dream outdoor podcast i'm bill cooper of down real foot lake with Kyler beckman Kyler, what a morning we've had man it, it's been so relaxing for me i'm sitting here in a boat i haven't even fished much i, I was afraid to <laughs> <laughs> i hate being intimidated you know <laughs> yeah yeah and it's been a morning, man. You have put some serious crappie in this this boat, and you know what? And I love these scenarios. I, I get over the decades, I've sat and watched a lot of hunters and fishermen and people who are successful consistently have some things figured out. Yeah, I've watched a number of things take place in your boat this this morning. You're very meticulous about what you do, but there's a number of components that come together that equals success. What are those components? Uh, you know, doing what we're doing, um, one of the most important things is boat control. Uh, guys kind of overlook that, and whenever you say that to people, you know, they think, well, yeah, yeah boat control, that, that's no big deal, I can do that. Well, this is a is very, very precise boat control, you know, what we're doing. And then the second is just presentation and uh, pro- bait profile. Um, I don't, I don't dive too much into really colors. Um, a lot of times I'm throwing something natural or I'm throwing something. It's, it's either going to be a natural bait or kind of a, a really bright, wild colored bait. Um, but how you present that bait to the fish and boat control is the two most important things. Well, I could see that certainly this morning. And while you're talking about boat control, and of course, everybody these days, I look at all you youngsters fishing on the, the circuits and that sort of thing. Uh, you got your ducks in a row, you know, you've yeah. done your research, you've got all the equipment, man, you've got the know-how. And uh, when it all is said and done, you know what it equals? Fishing the boat. That's right. <laughs> Fill off them live wells. <laughs> yeah, there's nothing wrong with looking in a live well and seeing these big old slabs laying, laying in that live well, man. It, you know, it makes for a good meal down the road. But the incredible thing to me today, you know, we've just met. I, I didn't know you from Adam. You didn't know me. I'm surprised we haven't crossed paths before, but I'm glad we finally did. Yeah. But it, it's so much fun and so incredible. And as old as I am, uh, there's still plenty to learn out there. And when you get in a boat with a fisherman and a guide like yourself, it's uh, incredible to watch the process. And again, I mentioned I fished with a, a different uh, gentleman, different guy this morning who wasn't, hasn't quite uh, so much success, but uh, techniques weren't vastly different. But uh, in the case of being in your boat, I think the techniques were just finely honed. Yeah, uh, that's a lot of it. Um, you know, and having confidence, knowing exactly, r- reading in, you know, with the electronics we have now, like I am constantly re- like reading those fish and, and, and whenever I'm trying something, I, I really pay attention to how that fish reacts to whatever it is I'm doing. If they don't like that, then I'll try something else. You know, just a while ago, I had a fish swim up, look at my bait. She wouldn't bite it. And then I, I shook it really aggressively, but I, I wasn't actually moving the bait 
horizontal very much. I, I was just making that bait just really vibrate. And have you seen it? She, yeah, I've videoed video the whole whole thing. Another good point. I was a little shocked when you got so aggressive with that rod, but I knew exactly what you were doing. You made that that plastic bait come alive yep. and probably appeared to that fish like that thing's going to take off. Yep. I'm going to eat it. I got to do it now, you know. And it it wasn't one of those paper mouth hits yeah. that we normally associate with crock. Copy. I saw that rod bend, and and, and you were like setting a hook, like almost like you were bass fishing, you know. But hey, you're swinging 14, 15, 16 inch crappie out of Real Foot Lake, and uh, man, that's a good crappie anywhere. Yeah, anywhere in the country. You know, you, you start getting over that 14 inch inch mark. I mean, it's that's a that's a darn good fish anywhere in the country. It, it really is, but boy, what a beautiful day out here on Real Foot Lake, and it's just the first day. You know, we got tomorrow, too, and I'm going to keep my ears tuned. I, unfortunately, I don't get to stay in the boat with you the whole time, you know. <laughs> I, I got to rotate around, but I'm going to be listening and checking up on you to see what, what's going to be happening. But, you know, you say this is only the second time you've been on this lake, and you're having extremely good success, but you come out this morning, and people talk about patterns all the time. Did you look for a particular pattern? or a place or thing that uh, that uh, has stimulated your success this morning? You know, the, the pattern that I have found so far is that the bulk of these fish um, are liking that 11 to 12 and a half foot range. It seems like I start getting deeper than that, I'm not seeing near the numbers. If I start getting really a lot more shallower than that, I'm not seeing near the numbers. It seems like they're wanting to be on standing timber in that, you know, 11 to 12 and a half foot. 11 to 12 and a half foot. Now, sometimes that's a, and Ripfoot's not a real deep lake no. at all. It's a shallow lake. And I saw guys fishing this morning from, hey, look like a couple of feet, you know, out to this 10 or 12 foot mark. I haven't heard anybody talk about fishing any deeper than that. But here it is. It's uh, November 1st, 2nd or so. Mm -hmm. And, uh, hey, high skies, bright, sunny. And boy, I'm I'm starting to sweat a little bit, you know. I might, might have to look for a little shade before the day is over. <laughs> it's definitely warming up. <laughs> yeah, but we're out, out in the middle of Real Foot Lake, you know, and there's not any big brush piles. There's not anything that's real distinct here. So you you have to really depend on your electronics to find yep. both the structure and the fish that go with it. That's right. Um, you know, you can look at a lot of trees and not be anything. And and this lake too, you know, it it's. We're on, I think, I think they call this a lower basin. I might be mistaken. Like I said, I've only been here twice. But this is where the deepest water in this lake is at. And it seems, and it's just kind of a big old bowl. Right. And it really seems like, you know, they're, they're on, on that, that break line on that, you know, 11 to 12 and a half feet. The, the best that I've seen so far. Now we might go fishing some more here in a little while. I might find them deeper. I might find them really shallow too. But uh, as of right now, this morning, that's been the best. Yeah, from what I've seen, my limited experience over at Real Foot, what we've been seeing today, there's not huge, massive balls of crappie balled up anywhere that we've seen. Not that I've seen so far. The most I've been seeing is, uh, at the most, I, I did come to a tree earlier this morning that had like six or seven fish on it, and that's been about the biggest group that I've seen around one of them to this point. Well, I know watching the grass myself, you know, you're, you're picking up one, two, three fish most of the time, but... Uh, if you you sat there and dawdle with them a little bit, you seem to talk them in into biting. Yeah. So I and you know I used to accuse my dad. I used to hate to fish my dad. He was a tremendous uh, crappie fisherman, and all I could as a child, the only thing I could ever. 
determined was I finally told him, Dad, the only reason you catch more fish than me is because you stink. You have a you, you have a distinct aroma that when you touch that bait, a minnow or a jig or whatever, yep. you put you put your scent on it, and I think fish just like it. Yeah, you, you, might, you might be onto something. <laughs> well, hey, it worked for me at the time, you know, because when you get out fished constantly, always, you know. There's got to be some difference. I'd sit for hours and watch my dad to see how, you know, where he put that jig, how slow he let it descend, every little thing. And I try to duplicate those, but without much success. Yep. And I, I bet you get some of that, too, you know, as, as people. I, and I'm sure, you know, with the titles you've won in the last couple of years, you probably have quite a following. And people, I'm sure, are always watching you and trying to duplicate your efforts. Probably so. <laughs> Probably so. Well, all I can tell them is the best best way to settle that uh, issue is just to book a trip with you and hook up with you over at Truman Lake and uh, get a real education. You know, that's one of the things I always love to do on these podcasts is uh, promote the idea of people hiring guides uh, because, man, it just cuts light years off of that curve of trying to learn how to do things, and you know. That's one thing that I really try to do. I love trying to teach people something new. Um, you know, some guys have come out with me and I mean, I've changed their whole outlook on crappie fishing. And then, you know, guys that are more experienced, they've come out with me and, and they'll pick up on some little minor details that helps them put a whole lot more fish in the boat. But I, I truly am love trying to teach people on how to be better anglers. Well, I've watched it uh, for, for decades and the difference between a, a good crappie fisherman and an ex, you know, an absolute expert is minute details. Yep. The smallest details are, is what can make a, a tough day um, turn into a really good day. It, it really, really is. Well, we've, uh, you know, covered the gamut, I think, of crappie fishing here on uh, Real Foot Lake. And, uh, hey, we need to thank some people, I think. Of course, Blue Bank Resort here, man, top-notch accommodations and just gorgeous. Excellent rooms. Oh, they really are. Uh, Hey, if they'd adopt me, I'd live there, I think. They'd have a hard time kicking me out. (laughs) (laughs) And and I tell you, the food, too, was just surprising. What was it, Mai Mai we had last last night? Yeah, just great fish recipes, man, some other sides to go with it. Can't wait till tonight. What are we having tonight? I don't know, but it's good. <laughs> it's good. I, I'd be willing to bet, bet on that as well. And breakfast was fabulous this morning. But, of course, you, you're sitting there at Blue Bank, and right from the dining room, you know, you can see it out across the lake, all these beautiful cypress trees. They're kind of in fall colors right now, probably uh, tipping over towards uh, uh, where the colors are not as bright as they were probably a week or two ago, but still just a gorgeous lake. Full of stumps. Full of stumps. <laughs> we, we bumped in a few of those this, this morning. But, you know, sitting in that cafe this morning, there's no finer place to be than among a bunch of fishermen. Nope. I it, agree. And, boy, what fun to sit and listen to the stories. And I always like to listen to the chatter among the guides. You know, they're always... Uh, they share their information, but I know, hey, there's some secrets kept sometimes, and the guys are always maneuvering. They kind yeah. of remind me of a bunch of chickens, you know. There's a pecking order there, and everybody's t- always trying to work to get to that top. But unfortunately, you know, there's one chicken there that pecks on all the rest of them, and every chicken below him pecks on the last one. Yep. Uh, that's kind of the way it is uh, for a fishing guide when you're up and coming. That's right. That's very true. <laughs> I guess you paid your dues. 
I've been around for quite a while <laughs> in the tournament world, for sure. Well, I, I got to ask you, I, I know that you've had a lot of help in your career. Uh, how do you feel about helping the younger guys? I, I'm all about it uh, because, you know, for this sport to grow, we have to have younger people in it. You know, so we, we need younger guides. We need younger people fishing tournaments. And I'm all about helping and trying to help them become better anglers so they can compete, you know, with everybody else. Well, I'm going to put in a plug for the Missouri Outdoor Communicators here. We have the same problem. I'm 73 years old. I'd, I'd be hard-pressed to guess uh, the average age of our group, but it's pretty old, yeah. you know. We don't get as many young riders coming in on the opposite end as we would like to see. And sometimes I think we scare them off because we get a young person show up, we're just all over them, you yeah. know. We're introducing them to people, guides like yourself, hooking them up with trips, uh, story ideas, hooking them up with magazines and, and folks that they can do a little bit of work for. But man, that's what it's all about. We've got to be about helping people coming in to the industry. Right. Well, man, we've had a tremendous morning here. And uh, again, I'm envious for the people who are going to get to spend the uh, next day and a half in a boat with you because I know they're going to see some crappie. There's going to be some great article material come out, videos, all sorts of things. But we're going to work together just a little bit. We're only about three hours apart in Missouri, and we hope to produce some little short videos here in the future. So, folks, I encourage you to look for those as well. I have a website called Outside Again Adventures, but I also administer several other pages where I share those short videos uh, uh Cowtown USA is one of them. I even got a bow fishing outfit that I deal with. We share videos back and forth okay. together. The Fly Rod Journals, I'm the editor of. I share them there as well. So they're going to show up in a number of spots and be available for the public. And, and once again, give us your contact information and the website, whatever you got that yep. people can check you out. Yep. I'm Kyler Beckman, and uh, you can find me on Facebook and Instagram at Kyler Beckman Fishing. Um, you can also get a hold of me. Uh, through my cell phone, 573-789-3263. From Kyler Beckman and myself, Bill Cooper, believe me, we're enjoying our outdoor dreams right at this very moment. We encourage you to get outdoors and enjoy your outdoor dreams. I'm Bill Cooper for Living the Dream Outdoors Podcast. Hey guys, this is Frank Cox with Living the Dream Outdoor Properties. Hey, have you ever considered a career in real estate? If you have, but you don't have your license, this is your opportunity. So each month, the Living the Dream Outdoor Properties team is giving away a free seat to the online training that you need to take in order to get your real estate license. We would love to have you join our team. All you got to do is go to our website, livingthedreamland.com, and then click on the Our Team button, and then click on the one that comes up under that that says Join Our Team. On that page, there's an application form. Just simply fill that out and get in contact with a member of our team, and I'll be giving you a call. We appreciate you, and uh, good luck. The Live in the Dream Outdoors podcast is brought to you by Live in the Dream Outdoor Properties, The Fly Rod Journals, SmokerBuilder.com, Cowtown USA, Westover Farms, Scenic Rivers Taxidermy, Stained Water Bow Fishing, Scenic Rivers Guide Service and Tours, Huzzah Valley Resort, Pico Lures, Devil's Backbone Outfitters, Cardiac Mountain Outfitters, Mary's County Bank, The Fallen Outdoors, Ledco Sinkers and Lure Company, Turnbow Outdoors, J&J Charters, Kaufman Cove, Alaska, Big Ed's Guide Service, Bean Creek Game Calls, Misty Mountain Guide Service, On the Hook TV, and Rich's Famous Burgers.
Land ownership is the American dream. Land is the basis of all life. Our wise use of this most precious of resources ensures the survival and growth of free institutions and our American way of life. At Living the Dream Outdoor Properties, we value the traditions and freedoms that land provides us. Every day we seek the solace of a mountain sunrise over traffic jams and smog, the calming silence of a bubbling stream over the sirens of the city, and the quiet of the countryside over the hustle and bustle of the world. We hunt, we fish, we farm. We live off the land. It's our mission to help our clients live out their dreams on the land as we do. At Living the Dream Outdoor Properties, we believe that it's not just land, it's a lifestyle. Join us five days a week on Living the Dream Outdoor Podcast as the Living the Dream Outdoor Dream Team explores the most desired outdoor properties in the Midwest and whisks you away to incredible hunting, fishing, and outdoor recreation opportunities. Host Bill Cooper, an inductee of the National Freshwater Fishing Hall of Fame, will be joined by members of the Living the Dream Outdoors team each week as they tell tall tales unveil tips and tactics, and rub elbows with some of the biggest names in the outdoor world. You'll also find the Living the Dream Outdoors podcast on your favorite social media platforms, including Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, and TikTok.